Hey, here we are. It's uh, Wednesday, October 27th, and we have the honor, the great privilege to be with Judge Andrew Napolitano, and we have two Napolitanos, Napolitano and Cialantano. That's my real last name, by the way, Cialantano. And Adriano Cialantano was the uh, Elvis Presley of Italy. I don't know if we're related, but hey. And they shortened the name, you know, that stuff when they came to America. So we got two Napolitanos here, and we both have that passion of our ancestry and the appreciation of being born in America. So we're very, very fortunate men to have that, and we honor America more than anything. And here's a man, Judge Andrew Napolitano, that has the Constitution not only in his brain, but in his heart and in his soul, and he knows about it more than anybody in the United States, in the, what they're doing to it, the rights that we're being stolen from us, the rights that we have, and the rights that we must stand up and fight for. And one of them is, and this is gonna to come to a shock as everybody as we're losing our freedom, but freedom of speech. And the judge just wrote an article about our rights of freedom of speech and will they be lost and what's next? So tell us more, Judge. Well, uh, Gerald, it's always a pleasure to be with you. Good morning. Uh, I didn't know in all the years we've been buddies, I didn't know your real name was Celentano. There's a very large and famous family in New Jersey named Celentano. They, they made their wealth. There you go with that espresso again. <laughs> they made their wealth pioneering homemade pasta and freezing it That's in right. such a way that when you cooked it, it tasted like your grandmother just made it. Yep. And their name was Celentano. Yep. And my mother's maiden name is Caruso. And my grandfather always claimed we were related to the great Right. Enrico Caruso, I know. who of course was very, very pro-American and did many, many concerts in the United States after he had achieved his fame uh, in Italy. So uh, constitutional scholars of the past 50 or 60 years recognize that the First Amendment means breathing room, meaning you, you can't be afraid to express your opinion that somebody's going to sue you if you say something wrong. And the Supreme Court recognized that in 1964 in a famous case called Times Against Sullivan. Uh, Sullivan was the uh, police commissioner of Montgomery County, Alabama, and the New York Times printed a full page ad critical of police in the South. And even though it didn't mention Commissioner Sullivan by name, he claimed it defamed him. Now at the time, Alabama law, and the law in all 50 states was the publisher is liable for any defamatory inaccuracy caused by simple negligence. So if you made an inaccurate statement about someone and that person was defamed, their reputation in the public was lessened, you were liable. Jury found the New York Times liable and awarded Commissioner Sullivan $500,000. The Alabama Supreme Court upheld it. The U.S. Supreme Court reversed it. This is a very, very famous reversal which as a young conservative law student, I condemned, but as a libertarian legal scholar, commentator, and former judge, I rejoice because this opinion, more than any other single opinion in the history of the United States, has given individuals, members of the press, 
and people who do what you and I do for a living, which is talk to others, the breathing room that the First Amendment needs. So in reversing the verdict for Commissioner Sullivan, the New York Times said the commissioner is a public official and public officials enact, interact with the government and, and the press is the eyes and ears of the public and the public has the right to know what the government is doing and the public has the right and the press has the right to comment on what the government is doing. So instead of a simple negligence bar, we're going to raise the bar for a plaintiff who was a public official and require him to prove that the publisher published the statement knowing it was false or with reckless disregard for whether it was true or false. Bottom line, it stops almost all defamation litigation when the plaintiff is a public figure. <clears throat> I don't want to pick on Donald Trump. A lot of our listeners love him. He's been my friend for 35 years. But every time somebody criticized him and he threatened to sue him, one of his lawyers would say, well, you can't sue him because you're the president of the United States. <laughs> you're, you're a public figure and you have to prove knowledge of falsity. What am I going to do? Well, he has his own megaphone to attack the person who attacked him or to correct the record. Why are we raising this now? Because the Supreme Court of the United States this week, Friday, in secret, they meet on Fridays in secret, it's just the nine of them, will decide whether or not to accept two cases in which the plaintiffs have asked it to reverse times against Sullivan and make it easier to sue the average Joe or Fox News or anybody in between when they say something critical of you. That will turn this country into a uh, plaintiff's lawyer's dream. Wow. And there'll be nothing but litigation and the press will be afraid to be free. So I wrote this piece to warn the American public. The Supreme Court doesn't theoretically respond to public opinion, but the yeah. public needs to know that in the hands of nine black robe justices in a secret meeting at noon, this Friday in Washington, D.C., the fate of the First Amendment hangs by a thread. I say by a thread because two members of the court, one a dear friend of mine, one a person I admire, the dear friend, Justice Clarence Thomas, the person I admire, Justice Neil Gorsuch, have publicly called for the reversal of Roe versus Wade. I could not disagree with them more. Uh, excuse me, Times versus Sullivan. Yes, I want to reverse Roe versus Wade. Another argument for another time. They have publicly called for the reversal of uh, Times uh, versus Sullivan. Wow. That will diminish diminish the rights of free speech immeasurably wow. in this country. Ah, you know that these people decide this is like like a bad joke. You know, in the sense that you know we just have a few people deciding for us what they want rather than what we should have. And, you know, you have a comment here in, your, in what you wrote. You said the First Amendment is implicated since the press is the eyes and ears of the public and the public has the right to know what the public official is doing. Right, right. The government secrecy in it is antithetical to a democracy. I mean, you have a piece in the Trends Journal uh, that came out last night or this morning. Why, why can't we see the documents on the JFK assassination. I once had a conversation, I don't mean to veer off, but, but this no. is right on point, no. with uh, President Trump when he was in the White House. He used to call me all the time. And we talk about everything under the sun. I said, are you gonna release those documents or not? And he said to me, 
If you saw what I saw, you wouldn't release them. Wow. So I don't know what you saw, Mr. President, Mike. but you can't treat us like children as all of your predecessors have. We have the right to know whatever happened to him and whoever did it to him, the public has the right to know. He said, I entered this job promising, expecting, and he once promised me personally, he would re uh, reveal these documents. He said, I've changed my mind completely after what they showed me. Wow. What the heck did they show him? I don't know. He wouldn't tell me. This is not my kind of America. You know, who are these people to tell me what I should know and not know? They are better than me. And, you know, the, the point also that I wanted to make when you said that the press is the eyes and ears of the public. Not anymore. They're prostitutes. They're media whores that get paid to put out by their corporate pimps and their government whoremasters. We don't have freedom. Look who just bought Politico. Uh oh, a German but, company? But, but, the, but the flip side of this is the proliferation of podcasts like yours, like mine, Judging Freedom, like Tom Woods, like others who, uh, who agree with us, we too enjoy the New York Times versus Sullivan protection. Yes. We are not part of international conglomerates who will dictate to people what they say. One of the beauties of this, you, you, you have gotten emails from people watching us saying, we love the judge. He speaks with more candor now yep. than in his 24 years at Fox. I don't know if that's true. I, I take it as a, as, as a high praise, but we have no restraints on us. We think what we want. We say what we think. We publish what we say, and we are protected. If the Supreme Court diminishes that protection, the type of dialogue that you and I are having and hundreds like us and the way we put the government's feet to the fire will be diminished radically and the American public and all thinking people will be less for it. But this is, you, you have another law, uh, what you also wrote over here. You said the other value underlying the Times case is the Jeffersonian view that our rights are natural because they come from our humanity which is a gift from God. Well, I have to say that, with all due respect, you're 100% wrong. We are not allowed to look at nature or God anymore. We're not allowed to believe in what we believe anymore. You will only do what we tell you to do. You have no rights of nature anymore because it, this all ties into you know, the whole mandate thing about not getting vaccinated. Right. You're exactly right. It's 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 science and man versus God and nature. When, yep. when Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence, it is a statute enacted by the Congress. So everybody from a school board janitor to a Supreme Court justice to the president of the United States takes an oath to uphold the law, that includes the Declaration of Independence, which says that our rights are natural. But I don't believe that 99% of the people who take those oaths, I'm not blaming school board janitors, but I will blame Supreme Court justices and presidents, understand that or believe it. 
if our rights are inalienable, if they come from within us, not from the government, then the government can't take them away unless there's due process. So a guy robs a bank and a jury finds him guilty. Of course, he's going to lose his right, his right to travel and other uh, companion rights. But short of something like that, our rights can't be taken away by an edict, by a mayor or a governor or a president, and they can't even be taken away by legislation, by a city council or a state legislature or the Congress. But the people in the government don't, with, with some exceptions, there's Ron Paul, there's Thomas Massey, there are some some people who understand that. But for the most part, the government doesn't understand that. It thinks it can right any wrong and regulate any behavior and tax any event. The natural rights of human beings be damned. Here, this is, you know, they had that big um, uh, uh, protest in New York City, the emergency workers, uh, this past Monday. You know, tens of thousands of them went out. And you know, they, they don't want to, get, a lot of people don't want to get the vaccination. Again, you know, it's, it's the natural law. It's, it's your body. It's your decision. You want to get one, get one. Don't tell me what I have to put into right. my body. So this is from somebody that you said our rights, you know, can't be taken away. Well, here's somebody a little clown boy, an arrogant little nothing, a guy that's been sucking off the public tit his whole life, Warren Wilhelm Jr. Oh, no, his name is de Blasio. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That little clown. You and I are the only two that call him by his real name. (laughs) Yeah, Warren Wilhelm Jr., a real junior. He goes, look, I'm a believer in vaccine mandates. I've said, remember, I look, look, that's his words. Hey, you, look, I'm a believer in vaccine mandates. I've said this for public sector, private sector. I think every mayor in America, every governor in America should adopt vaccine mandates. I think every CEO in America should adopt vaccine mandates. They work, Warren Wilhelm Jr. said. Who the hell is this piece of crap to talk to me like this? Well, that shows you the uh, degradation of the concept of natural rights and how the government recognizes no restraint on its power, how the Constitution as an instrument to restrain the government is an abject, absolute, and total failure, Uh, and how those in government uh, will uh, take advantage of it. I mean, New York is a very, very liberal place, but this even even this guy who's a super uh, progressive uh, lefty is immeasurably uh, unpopular, Uh, but it doesn't phase him. He doesn't care what the law is. He doesn't care about uh, human rights. He'll just issue any dictate uh, that he wants. You and I talked about two weeks ago, who writes the laws? Do mayors and governors, or does the president write them? or do elected representatives write them? All these edicts were issued by people in the executive branch, a mayor like Mayor de Blasio, a governor like former Governor Cuomo and now Governor Hockle and Governor Murphy uh, of New Jersey uh, and President Biden. If you have 100 or more employees, uh, you have to force them to take the vaccine. 
These do not have the force of law. You can't issue an edict, call it a law, and then use the police, or if it's a restaurant, the alcohol, beverage control, whatever instruments are available to these um, executives to enforce it. It's not a law. Only legislative bodies enact a law. The Congress will never enact such a law because they'll be hooded out. The legislature of the state of New York or New Jersey will never enact such a law. You have to have a vaccine because they'll be voted out of office. Even the city council of the city of New York, as liberal as it is, would never enact such a law. So what do these guys do? They make up their own law. But that, that would make, make Joe Stalin or Vladimir Putin very happy. But that's not the American system. But we accept it. How many people are bowing down to de Blasio's edicts, to Governor Murphy's edicts? Poor Joe Biden. He made this statement that he's going to issue this edict. He made the statement two months ago. He hasn't issued it yet. Maybe he forgot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They said now it's going to be after the holidays. But they're getting away with it. Yes, because people are afraid. Because a, a mom and pop store, because a guy that owns a restaurant like that restaurant you went and I went to where we thought they weren't going to serve us because you hadn't been vaccinated, but they turned out to be nice uh, people. People are afraid that the government will harm them. If you own God. a liquor license, the government takes that liquor license away from you. Your restaurant is shut down because you only make a profit on the alcohol. But, but again, they're doing this. It's against, it's against our rights and they're getting away with it across the country, oh, by the way, and around the world. But let me stop for just a minute. You and I have just been speaking our minds based on what we believe are rational opinions about people named Biden, Cuomo, Hockle, Murphy, and de Blasio. We would hesitate to do so if the Supreme Court invalidates times against Sullivan because then those people whom we have harshly criticized can sue us. Ah. That's the precipice on which the freedom of speech and of the press hangs until we find out what the Supreme Court is going to do on Friday. Now, they're not going to rule on this on Friday. On Friday, they're going to decide whether or not to take the cases. If they take the cases, they're interested in overturning wow. times against Selva. Oh. They don't take the cases, we're home free. Oh. We shouldn't have... We shouldn't have this kind of agitation, this kind of acid, this kind of a heartburn, this kind of worry and fear that suddenly your business, my business, which is expressing opinions, is going to be detrimentally harmed because the Supreme Court's going to let people sue us every time we're critical of them. Come on. That's not the First Amendment that Madison wrote. Well, again, you know, they're losing, we're losing our rights all the time. And, and just one Minor correction, <clears throat> and uh, this isn't meant to be disrespectful. <laughs> They're not liberals. A liberal, <clears throat> willing to respect or accept behavior or opinions <clears throat> different from one's own, open to new ideas. Number two, relating to or denoting a political and social philosophy that promotes individual rights, civil liberties, democracy, free enterprise. This must have been the definition of liberals 100 years ago. <laughs> because you and I are classical liberals. Tolerant, broad-minded, open-minded, enlightened, 
permissive, free, easygoing, you ready? Libertarian, unbiased, impartial, nonpartisan. So this is the opposite of the narrow-minded little jerks. That are the liberals today. Right. So it's a mis... Do people who... It's being disrespectful to the real definition. These aren't liberals. These are little low-life, arrogant, nothing nobodies who, when you call them out man to man or woman to woman, they back down right away, as you well know. If we, if we have to unite to turn this around, and as you know, we, we formed the, United, the, the church to do that as well, the Universal Church of Freedom, Peace, and Justice, and Occupy Peace to put on the people under one umbrella and, and the libertarians, for us to get back our rights, we were put on this earth to be who we are, to grow up and to create our own selves. Right. Like, you know, my father would may rest in peace when I get in a fight with him. You say to me, you little bastard, you think I'm telling you what I'm telling you because I want you to be like me? I want you to become yourself. Right, right. No more, no more, you don't become yourself. You become what I'm telling you to become. And this is what you're saying about, we may lose that right to say even, who the hell is this person to tell me what to do? Right, right. Look, if you and I and the people like us have to think twice before we express an opinion. Oh God, am I certain that this is correct? Is this guy gonna sue me if I say it? The type of dialogue that we're having now, which is so pleasing to so many uh, of your viewers uh, and mine, will quietly go away yep. or somehow uh, go underground. I, I hope and pray that the Supreme Court does not tamper with this uh, defense of uh, free speech. There is no but for all of America's faults, there is no country in the world where the speech and the press is as free as ours yeah. is. Uh, but we'll be like uh, Western Europe where you can sue somebody uh, if they look at you cross-eyed. I'm exaggerating a little bit. Uh, if times oh, no, against... That, that's right. No. No, you can't say things if... You, can, you can't say things in Germany against Israel. Right. You know, you we, can't say in France one thing after another. You're, 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 you're censored and, and fine. And, and we're losing that right here. Again, I just mentioned Politico was bought out Business Insider by this big German firm. And, and the head of the firm said, you can't say anything negative about Israel. He says it right there. He made the statement. And, and what the people are listening to now on your podcast, listening to us on, on mine and, and others, they're not getting anywhere else. What do you have? You have five or six companies that control over 90% of the media in America. And our voice needs to be free. So what you're saying is we may lose that very quickly. Yes. Yes. That, that's the fear that I have. And I'll be able to tell you on Monday morning or certainly when we have our next podcast next uh, Wednesday, if the Supreme Court has accepted those cases. Uh, of course, if they accept them, they still have to litigate the actual case, but they wouldn't be in the business of accepting it unless they want to uh, tamper yeah. with uh, times against Sullivan. Yeah. Ah. Well, thank you very much, Judge. Always great being on with you. And, and everybody listening, how thankful you should be that Judge Napolitano is saying what he is and doing what he's doing for the free American spirit 
and for us to be the Americans that is the true meaning of this nation. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Thank as, you, Judge. See you as, next Wednesday. As inalienable rights. See you inalienable next rights. Gerald. Yeah. I think the aliens have taken over our inalienable <laughs> rights. <laughs> All the best to you. Ciao, ciao.